Ah, uh, live Wrestle Purist Worldwide, hosted by the usuals, myself, Joe Holbert, Ibu of Wrestle Purist, better known some of you guys from Twitter as Backup Hangman. And we got a lot to get into today because it was quite a stacked weekend, you know, we had the return, the official return of TNA, New Japan Battle in the Valley, the usual WWE and AEW stuff, plus Battle of the uh, Battle of the Bouts. And a few other things, but you know, we're going to get into all of it. But first things first, please like, subscribe, super chat, any questions, any takes, any opinions, anything like that. We'll get them read out as soon as we can. Turn on the post notifications. And uh, yeah, hope everyone's doing good. We are late and we do apologize, but these are the things that we have to, you know, these are the sacrifices that we have to make to get Ibu on camera in his gimmick microphone set up get his sound set up like he's a diva man you know everything has to be perfect for him so it took us a little while today but like i said hope everyone's doing good starting my fellow co-host ibu you want to explain yourself you see <laughs> all right man as a wise man you gotta do what you gotta do and uh you paid big money monty to get me on this show today you know what I mean? But I, I respect that. As a good promoter, you do what you got to do. And uh, at the end of the day, I'm here. It's worldwide. Let's do this thing, man. You know? Might do a little bit of a rock bit later on the show. You know, the, the, you know all that shit he does with the eyebrows and shit. Nah, but um, I'm ready to talk some wrestling. I'm happy to be here. Uh, for those that joined me in my appearance on Holbert's House show earlier, thank you. Thank you for supporting. Uh, I'm ready to do this thing, man. I'm ready to talk some wrestling. There's some good wrestling on the weekend, and I'm, I'm happy to get into it. Uh, that Joe Holbert YouTube channel, it's a growing territory. You know, you've how many streams you've done now? About five, six, something like that, you know? In the 100. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to know that I am innocent. I want to make it clear in terms of us being late. You are you pretty know? innocent. Yeah, I was on right. time. I, I informed my cohort. Maybe with Wrestle Purists, if that is his real name. You know, don't get heat on me. We've cleared it up. To be clear, I haven't been fined, as far as I know. But we did make a nice town there, and I'm relaxed as a result. I've got all of my high spots out of the way. You know, I've 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 done all that and now I'm here. Just have fun with my friends, Montgomery and Ibu of Wrestle Purists and talk about professional wrestling. So worldwide. Talking grabs, man. It's what we're doing. It's what we do. It's what we do every Monday. And uh, you know. This is this is this is what we do. This is what we do, people. Let's start with some super chats because we have got one, two, three, four, five. So uh, keep them coming because that's how we're starting today. Matt Hennessy, five euros ninety nine. Appreciate you. Glad to see Ziggler and Ali working for TNA in New Japan. AEW doesn't need them. They wouldn't add much to AEW, but they all add value to the other two companies. Um, yeah, man. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I love what Nemeth is doing. Ali, of course, has got. <laughs> Last count of how many bookings he's got at this point, you know. Um, yeah. So he's, he's clearly getting off to a hot start. So, yeah, of course, good for them. Good for them, man. Uh, it's not particularly surprising, though, you know. Yeah. Ali does still. The New Japan thing, you know, I don't think that necessarily writes him off being on the the, the AEW kind of direction there, though. You know, so we'll see with him. Nemeth, it seems, is going to kind of. I think he's got a pretty good read on his place in the industry at this point, and he's going to actively revitalize himself rather than just kind of being, you know, ex WWE guy. Seems that way. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, man. Uh, and you rag, hundred rupees. Appreciate you. When is Danielson returning? Collision is dull without him, and and his Revolution opponent? Question mark. Osprey? Question mark. Shingo and Brian are starting off great this year. Year the Dragon. 
Yeah, man. Uh, Shingo Takagi, the world famous wrestler purist wrestler of the week this week. But well, well, last week, you know, hell of a uh, week. Yeah, very, hell of a very, week. very prestigious award. You know, Brian Danielson's Brian Danielson. He's you know he's very special. Uh, any idea who his revolution opponent might be? Any any guesses? Any guesses? I feel like they're going to throw him in a tag. BCC tag? Something like that. Something like that. I think they're going to do their, their – I think they're focusing on their Japan stuff. And then uh, when they're when they're back in town, Tony will – look, it'll only take a week for him to just set something up to do with some type of BCC tag. I, mm-hmm. Now that he set that precedent at World's End, I could see him doing that type of stuff more often. I will Maybe say not too much on collision. You know, we have got Captain Cope in the house these days, so <laughs> – I, I will say I was in love with the uh, <laughs> with the Continental Classic era collision. I think I thought it was like some of the best wrestling TV I've ever seen, to be honest. And um, I don't know, man. I think too many uh, good matches, bro. Too many good matches. That paid too much attention. This is much better. I'm just sitting there, look up the screen. Willie Max on, you know, it's much more comfortable. <laughs> Four minutes, you know, yeah. random pre-tape, just hanging out. Hey, it is a hangout show. It is a hangout spending show. time with my friend Tony Schiavone and Nigel McGuinness, and also Kevin Kelly. There, <laughs> absolutely. I like Kevin. I'm just being silly, folks. Uh, Darren Walker, five pounds. Appreciate you as always. Uh, find it crazy. Jap Jack Perry returns at New Japan. Why is TK paying him this money for a return on New Japan instead of AEWTV? Um. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe AEW he... wasn't, you know, maybe he wasn't the sort of person AEW was really circling as a priority to bring back and be a big part of their show, you know? I think it's a we good idea, honestly, though. You know, we've pitched on it on the flagship about how, like, we don't think he should be brought back in a big spot. I think it'd be bad for him. I think there's something to be said for this. Like, letting him just kind of just, you know, shift the perception of him slightly in a different spot. When I say perception, I'm not referring to embracing the controversy. Clearly, he's going to do that some. But, you know, I think he's like, he has a couple of good matches in New Japan and people kind of look at him differently and then you can bring him back fresh. I I wouldn't, I don't think there's a rush on AEW TV. I think this is a good idea, personally. That's just me. I, uh, Ibi, you can't, you can't let this one stick, brother. Darren Cage, $2. Ibutlika. On cam, this is the game I love. My name is Ibu, comma, of Russell Pierce. <laughs> the comma is really important, bro, for real. The comma is big. My name is Ibu, comma, Russell Pierce. And I am not a bootlicker. And I will not be referred to as a bootlicker. No, the in the awards say different. I don't know. You will call me by my name, my God given. Birth name, which is Ibu, comma, of Russell Pierce. <laughs> His cadence is uh, it's creeping me out, Joe. It's very, it's very Paul Levesque pre-tape, you know? He's doing it, he's like he's standing next to Karrion Cross. Very deliberate and methodical. Very methodical. They're, they're behind the camera and I'm just kind of like, tonight. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Triple Paul, here he is, Triple H, 199, appreciate you. Don't hinder the gender. Dwayne, Dewey, greater than Cody. That's, that's aggressive. Joe, um, um, have you seen any of this, uh, I don't know what to call it, gender Mahal psyop of the last week on social media? 
I haven't. No, I've generally avoided it. But uh, oh, I don't God, feel yes. as patiently. I know you're very like you're ready to get over with, but as someone who simply won't watch it, I'm kind of <laughs> no. easy going on it. Really, it's not even that. No, I don't. I'm talking about like certain fans have like talked themselves into. No, he's good, bro. Like he's like based, bro. Like he's well, super. He's, he's pretty jacked, though, to be fair. Ibu's been mad about this for at least five days now. <laughs> I was yelling at Marty on like Wednesday show. He's honestly, I've got a few friends who have been very mad about, it, but I don't often. I very seldom know what they're referencing. It's apparently there's some push for him to be the world champion, which I have not seen. I've just so seen responding to it. I'm not actually. Yeah. I'm not actually thinking. Monty was like, "Bro, they're not gonna fucking put him on the Mania card." I'm like, "I know, I know. I'm aware. I'm not worried about this." I don't think that fucking gender is going to main event night one. That's not what I'm mad at. I'm mad at you people. I mean, look at the camera. Is this the camera? I'm mad at you. Because oh, no. here's, here's the thing. There are people that have decided, though, because they hate Tony Khan so much, that I have to take up for WWE so much that now Jinder Mahal is actually good, bro. Hashtag actually good. And so they'll just... We're just retroactively framing his fucking career as his big triumph and don't hinder gender and the ironic memes and shit. Listen, only one place is allowed to ironically like bad wrestlers, and that's Russell Pierce Worldwide. Yeah, so, I was going to say. And that's <laughs> that Russell sounds Pierce like our shit, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's what we do. All right? And, and, and we have not given him the worldwide stamp of approval unless you guys object. And I would imagine you don't unless I'm, I'm open to deliberating. Uh, unless you guys want to put him on now. He's not worldwide approved and will not do the hinder gender bit. Joe, you're making me nervous, Joe. You're looking at me. I just, you kind of took him into this gender thing. I think it sounds fun. I don't know. Maybe we should. I'm, I'm going to kick it around. <laughs> I, get, I, I get it, you know? You know, but, I, come on. You know? Yeah. This is crazy. It feels like tomorrow I should message you. Fuck it, bro. Gender. They tore it up, you know? I'll never watch it, but. You know? <laughs> Maybe I'll be on the world, on the raw review tomorrow. Maybe, maybe just maybe. We'll see. <laughs> talking about DIY versus Judgment Day. No, I will not be talking about that. Absolutely not. We'll and the giant five pounds. <laughs> Appreciate yeah. Joe discussed all the good matches on his show, so I'm expecting a full breakdown of PCO versus Dango and Crazy <laughs> Steve versus Tommy Dreamer. Good. They were good. Those matches. We all watched them. They were good. Fire. Yeah. Um Hush199, I appreciate you as always. Triple H legacy going tonight. No, I don't think it's that deep. Random roar in January. <laughs> it's all on the line. The fact that like the off the fact that like from the perspective of the office, this is just some bullshit raw in January against two football games that they said, all right, you can work Jinder, who gives a fuck? Right? But like the fans have made this like a thing, you know, it's like this is like a real thing tonight, so just what fans do best, you know. Bro, 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 four Appreciate you as always. Ibu, thoughts on Copeland giving Lee a better match than Punk? Hmm. It's not true, and neither match was particularly <laughs> good. It was weird. Like uh, AO was like, he was telling me, he's like, "Yo, man, you got to check that out. It's like the best Lee Moriarty match in AEW." And I watched it, and it fucking sucked. Like I, I didn't, I didn't get the uh... suck. Is a, is a strong word. It didn't suck, but like. It was, it was just it was just a match, you know. And CM Punk's match with Lee Moriarty was also just a match. Uh, the only particularly good Lee Moriarty matches on AEW TV are uh, the Danielson one 
it was in the build to Yuta joining BCC when Danielson was just beating some young dudes and some guys of similar background. That match is very good. And then he has a match on Rampage with Jonathan Gresham before uh, Death Before Dishonor 2022. Very good match. But it's it, it this this edge thing was it was just it was just there you know New York Styles Hardy, clash too weird style clash and like weird styles clash and to be honest with you Lee Moriarty like he he didn't look like he belonged to be honest with you like and, and he, I, I like I like him yeah. he looked very like unprepared to be on television. We both like him a lot. He increasingly feels like a guy who will benefit from a change in, in setting. And that happens in wrestling sometimes. I don't mean that in a dramatic way I don't mean that in like a it's over I just mean I think you would benefit from being somewhere where he had a bigger role to play and he could grow into it and learn. You know, right now he feels stifled because that's going to happen when his big roster is what it is. So, windows open and close all the time yeah, in wrestling. It. it hasn't worked I, out. I think with right? Lee, yeah. with Lee Moriarty, the, the most current, the most recent window for him to like really like you know catapult upwards like that's been and gone now. And luckily, with wrestling. Those windows come along every now and again. You know what I mean? You don't just have one in your career. Normally, if you are talented enough, you have multiple throughout your career. Yeah. Um, luckily for Lee Moriarty, he's more than young enough to have plenty more windows sure. of opportunity open for him. But I just don't think there's going to be one imminent in the Tony Khan verse. He looks... Whenever I see him in a spot such as this, this is obviously an extreme example, but he looks like a guy who's forcing it and he's trying to get himself out of a hole almost. You know, he's trying to make a point. And we talked about this with Garcia recently. I think that's that's always tough. I, it's almost like he knows he's working from, you know, the other creative values that have kind of preceded him. Not for his fault, the firm and all that stuff. But, yeah, I just think, you know, sometimes you need to go away and go see how you do elsewhere. It's just wrestling, man. My thing is, I don't know where that place would be. If you went to Impact, sorry, TNA, um, if that is its real name, if if he went to T, if he went to TNA, I just Demore's not going to push him. And it then, may uh, not then, be anywhere in particular. It may just be being back out there regularly. You know, it's like I don't know. There's something we said for that man. Just being in the thought. wrestling world and showing up wherever the fuck you want to go. You know, like it could be good for a young guy. I, I hope so. I hope he gets on track because I thought Lee Moriarty was trending in a really positive direction as a young wrestler. Yeah, mm-hmm. very talented. Very talented. And $5, appreciate you. How much would I have to bribe you in a super chat to get all of the WrestlePurist shows in playlists? Max and Shingo kicked, kicked the real. Real. At, True. Kick the real at Battle of Nevada. Um, if you like send me like 20 bucks, I'll just do that. that that's pretty. That sounds like I'll do for money, right? The playlist thing. Oh, yeah. And or cash that me $30, I'll do it. I'll do it. Well, yeah, if you send it in a super chat, it has to be a, a few more zeros added to that with YouTube and <laughs> you know, like that, yeah. <laughs> big cuts being taken. But know. we are, money. you said we're uploading the audio now, right? So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm going to start putting worldwide on uh, the actual podcast channel. So, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I think we're on Google Podcasts as well. So, I'll put worldwide, I'll put the Dynamite review on there, I'll put the Raw review on there, I'll put I don't know, any, anything else, like, any other, like, big streams that we happen to do. So, obviously, at the end of the year, we did our, like, WrestlePurist award stream and stuff like that. So, I've changed the WrestlePurist podcast channel from 
the WrestlePurist podcast, which is obviously the Dynamo review to just WrestlePurist now. So there'll be a lot, lot, lot more uploads on our podcast channels if you are, if you're just getting sick of seeing our faces, you know. Um, <laughs> I just started. <laughs> GN, two pounds, appreciate you. He's a wanted man, Nick Nemeth, Wrestle Purist, Wrestler of the Year 2024. He's putting his glasses back on. Indeed. <laughs> Will Chisholm, $2, appreciate you. Are you doing Dana Brooks' new gimmick? I think that's it. I'm not doing it, no. He's talking to Ibu, comma, by elegance. Not to punch now, right? No. I, I, w- I would never do this. I would never do this. Uh, but it is kind of funny, Monty, that like this individual's first idea for like a unique gimmick outside of WWE is like, what if I was a blonde white woman that was like extravagant and I was like some type of ravishing star? That's never been done in wrestling, right? Look, bro. At least she has a gimmick in mind and she's not just going to be like the woman that was on WWE TV, you know? Like, maybe she has some ideas, man. I don't know. Maybe she'll surprise us. Yeah, it, maybe. Ash boy elegance, you know? At least it's, you get what I'm saying though, right? Like, at least it's like, oh my God, it's Dana in the impact zone. It's, at least it was like an actual gimmick. That's what I'll say. Yeah, it, it was a put together package to be yeah. presented here, you know? I just, I just would, would, would hit me, and you know why I, I get this a little more, Joe? Because I, I'm obligated to at least see, watch some of NXT, and so like the amount of like blonde ravishing women who with gimmicks that are like, I'm, I'm a whatever the fuck. It's like I, I don't know, I don't know. But uh, listen, best of luck for Ashley Sabera, formerly known as Dana Brooke, and hopefully this thing works out. So, you know. Sebastian199, appreciate you. Any other matches we can expect to be added to the Royal Rumble? DIY versus Judgment Day is possible. I'm sorry, Joe. Um, mm-hmm. Besides that, Logan Paul versus Kevin Owens is already on. Roman Reigns in the four-way is already on. The Men and Women's Rumble are already on. Um, yeah, the only the only possibilities is DIY Judgment Day. That that's that, There's a good chance that's on. Um, they might and I would personally like them to do this. They might do Kabuki Warriors versus the Rave Girls from Raw. What are the names? Caden and Katana. They might do that one. Um, if Seth gets cashed in on tonight by Damian Priest, they'll do a rematch on the pay-per-view. So those are those are the floating options for matches five to five and six on the Rumble pay-per-view. Custodian Lexis King, appreciate you as always. Four ninety nine. Big Jack Perry is back. Mox versus Naito, Ibu's on cam, Joseph, I'm, I'm thinking this deserves a flex. Not. None of those things are. Combining them gets them closer. People, people don't realise how high the bar is, bro. Like, yeah, It's not just like, oh, a I don't dislike Jack Perry, but like, like, yeah, it's like... You mm. got Bloodline Civil War the last time you did yeah. it, you know? Like, that's, yeah. that's some real business, you know? We was going live yeah, in attendance, we had VIP seats, you know? We sat next to Nick Khan. We did, and that was you know a little bit uncomfortable when we were talking about Carl Anderson a lot. He didn't seem to like that very much. But... <laughs> uh, good stuff, all. good stuff. Uh, Anjan, two dollars. Appreciate you as always. Giant Monty cameo on the Mitsuhara Mishuhara Hulbert pod. That would be incredible. 
It will happen, I'm sure. Yeah, it will happen eventually. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. A worldwide pre pre show will be an actual worldwide pre show at some point. I have no doubt. So yeah, it's it's this entire setup. We're just on the Holbrook channel, and we just yeah. transfer right down over. Hoish one ninety nine. Appreciate it as always. Ibu hates fun, but he pops me when he goes off. Hate fun, Ibu. You know, many have said this. Brian, Brian Buster, one ninety nine. Shout out to Brian. Shout out Brian Buster. Half five dollars. Appreciate you. Sorry, but Foxworth and Hangman. The way Joe rocked that title with his multi mil million dollar suit had me smiling and in awe. That I felt in I don't know how long. Wow. I, I hear you, brother. Maybe he was a bit aggressive at the start, but listen. I like a man with strong opinions. He made his point. You know, he made his point. <laughs> That's what you can ask someone. <laughs> God bless. But you get these bribes are coming in, man. Someone's gonna have to do something here. Hmm. We appreciate, oh, we appreciate oh, these bribes. So ten years old YouTube YouTube swallow up good. I don't know, 95% of this. <laughs> so appreciate you know what we do appreciate the support i will look into the playlist thing of course you know i'm gonna make a note right now it's pretty easy to be honest it's just you know because you'll be able to search it's time, it's okay. yeah it's just time consuming isn't it? yeah i reckon you'll be right so for rainy day money bro 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 499 appreciate you imagine being seth rollins and jinder comes up to you like the internet says i can't wrestle let's prove them wrong does rollins have it in him there's a very good chance tonight's match is like unnecessarily ambitious in like 16 minutes and has like the, the Rollins closing stretch of the superplex, Falcon Arrow, Frog Sprash, two, two, two dives to the outside, curb stomps, pedigrees. Uh, and if they do do this format, there will absolutely be people that clip it and go like, huh, I thought gender was bad. So um, does Rollins have it in him? I'm sure they could have a serviceable wrestling match. Is that what we need? On a on a Monday, you know, on Martin Luther King Day, is that what we need? I don't, I don't think so. Is that what Martin Luther King would have wanted? <laughs> don't know about it. Hush one ninety nine. Any insight what Gunther is doing intercontinental tournament? Question mark. Hmm. Um, I hope so. If yeah, you man. notice, Monty, in Gunther's absence, the last like two three weeks, they kind of paused. On like a on like a certain group of dudes, like they just fro- they just froze Gable, Ricochet, and a couple other guys that were seen in backstage in, um, segments asking about the IC title. So it's why me and Robin theorized for a minute now that they're doing some type of tournament, and I personally lovingly dubbed it the Gunther Grand Prix. So I hope Gunther announces the Gunther Grand Prix tonight. Yeah, I'd be all for it, hundred percent. I can tell you this. I can tell you this. Hush. Uh, I was texted by a member of the, of, of the company's creative that we will find out what's the future of the title tonight. Call me critical. $5. Appreciate you. Lee's been given significantly less focus and care in his de- development than you at all, Daniel Garcia. He hasn't been given the material to grow with. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Our concern is more that that opportunity won't come where he's currently at you know that's really it's not on him is what unfortunately the couple of things they tried to do with him were failed for reasons that wasn't his fault you know it's, it's just the way it works out sometimes it's a shame very talented Huncho 499 appreciate you joe in honor of martin luther king what is your favorite thing about black people 
I'm going to pause. Christ. I'm yes. going to pause real quick. So let me explain this. Last night I had a, I got to be honest, my best space in at least a year and a half. And at some point we opened the phone lines and I oh said, my. at this point, I want only white people to join the space <laughs> and speak quickly. <laughs> and I said that now that it's an okay day, I want you to join, say your name and tell me your favorite thing about black people. And then it was a lovely conversation, Joe. Variety of answers. One guy came on. He's like, hey, how's it going? Uh, A.O. was like, yo, did you change your Abby mid-space? He's like, yeah, you know, I wanted to make it clear who I was in the picture, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what's your favorite thing about black people? He was like, my stepdad. He stepped up in my life. Da, 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 da. We were like, holy oh, shit. Oh, my goodness. Other guys That's came a- on. Like, one guy came on and was like, oh, it's black women, you know? <laughs> It was, the funniest thing. it was the funniest thing. Honestly, a really, really cool, cool exercise. It was, yeah. it, was, it was very funny. And so now, Joe, because you could not join the back of Pigman's side last night, you now yeah. are obligated on air. If people brought you like a minute to think about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, well that, I would like to lead by making it clear that I do think generalizations in any context are you know, ill-advised. <laughs> but nonetheless, I will say that That's mine, isn't really, <laughs> mine isn't really anything deep or substantial. It's more that I'm generally tolerated far better on wrestling conversational content by my black peers than anyone else in my industry. So <laughs> with that, I say I'm very thankful for that monty my favorite was one guy joined and he made it he framed this like it was a hot take he's like yo i gotta be honest i think black people are funnier than white people and i was like <laughs> he whispered it <laughs> yeah and i was like oh shit i was like oh shit and he's like honestly bro i watched eddie murphy man growing up Man, that guy was funny. <laughs> it's a crazy example, dude. <laughs> One of the funniest people ever. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, you know. Yeah. Oh, it was a great bit. It, the funniest part of this bit, Joe. I don't know if you're familiar with, with the Zubaz. Um, but Zubaz is a very, very interesting fellow. He's a Parker verse troll, and he joins this space. And I took and what I, I framed it perfectly. I said, no better white man to join than Zubaz. Zubaz is a is a twenty year old black poster kid, right? And so Zubaz joins. He kind of has a slight southern accent. He's like, "How's it going, everybody? Like, What's going on, Zubaz? What's your favorite thing about black people?" He's like, "Oh man, the black women, brother. Oh man, they're the best, brother." And he's doing his bit, and he's impressing the ladies in this space, and it's it's beautiful. And they're he's getting over, right? And I text him, say, say the n word. To, to, to make the word perfect. And, so, and he's like, I'm tired, nigga. I got to say. And everyone's like, whoa. What the-? <laughs> Betrayed their trust. That's awesome. Dude. Well, it was amazing. It was, it was an amazing word. I saw anyway. a lot of tweets about the space, but I wasn't tuned in. So, yeah. yeah so when I, I'll, I'll say, I'll say spaces, man. Oh, it, the best part of the bit was Zubas joined. Israel leaves immediately. He was like, I'm afraid of this person. And came back. With he's, a, he's a very interesting guy. Yeah. You know? Want to quickly point out, because someone in the chat said, why is this why is the space not posted? Why was it deleted? Folks, if you want to listen to the back of Hangman side, you got to be there. You got to be up late. Yeah, you got to be there. No, 1205 no. Eastern. <laughs> exactly. You got to be there. This is how you make things. That's what I miss on, man. That's what I miss on. I just can't. I can't do it, brother. I can't do it. 5 a.m. start for a fucking Twitter space. Okay, <laughs> uh, yo, so trust the process for 4499. Appreciate it. Ibu, you told me to ask you on worldwide which wrestlers currently have the best and worst plus and minus in the industry? That's a great question. Uh, quickly, Monty, plus minus is a basketball stat. It basically generally is what you're contributing when you're on the floor. 
are you a are you a negative are you a minus whatever on the floor when you're on are you a plus this and it's determined by how many points are scored versus allowed while you're playing right so obviously uh in wrestling the best plus minus is brian danielson um he's like a he's like a plus 50 you know what i mean he's he is brian danielson has a high plus minus um gunther has a high plus minus these are people guys that when they come on tv they contribute nothing but positive things to the shows they're on right so they're my obvious answers there's a couple people that are kind of mixed and then the high the the, the worst plus minuses for me right now chris jericho is 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 a big negative on his on the Deeply program unfortunate chris jericho is a big negative the miz is a big negative for me um Our truth is trending negatively, and I love. No, him. Most, most no, he plays both um, ends, bro. He plays both ends. He, he does. He does. Lexus King, big negative. Yeah. Um, Don Callis is trending negative. Oh yeah, yeah. Can't shoot the free ball. Solo Sokoa main events. Whoa! Hold on. Minus ten. <laughs> I said, I said on my solo, bro. I feel so bad for Jim Uso. They were the Usos, and he just gets to sit there and watch Jay Uso fucking grapple. And now he teams with Solo, and he has to take all the bumps and do all of the movement. And so they did solo main events, and like what 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 happened as a shoot? What happened as a shoot? Like Triple H just sit there backstage watching these heat segments, and he's just like, "Fuck!" And so crazy, now bro. they make it they make it known if you haven't noticed when they tag him and Jim. Solo's in there to do the Samoan drop, the Uranagi, and the thumb. No yeah, more nerve holes for fucking, yeah. you know, just, you know, so. And poor Jimmy isn't exactly Bobby Eaton in there. I mean, he's, you know, he's not exactly steering the ship with great, you know, success. But My like, man last said Grace Smaller. He's, he's like, Nakamura's a negative. I got it. I'm sorry. I, you know, you don't got it anymore. Will Chisholm, appreciate you. Uh, why is Jay White going for, to wrestling for ROH trio titles? I thought they were going after. Someone out there, yeah. I don't know on that one. I must admit. I don't, I don't, even, know. I don't even know what you're trying. You get me? So. Schism? Going after something <laughs> Cole Group. After the Cole Group, I guess. Because they kind of teased that. I guess that makes sense. Okay. Um, it seems like going to unify the trios bells to me. Hopefully, Adam Cole. That's Adam. Okay, thank you, chat. Adam. Okay. Mm. Um, yeah, I think they're going to unify the trios bells. Hush one ninety nine. Who is more hated slash worse, Sammy or Seth? Oh, they're two different things. Um, they're two very different things. <laughs> Certain circles dislike Seth Rollins, but he's generally a liked wrestler. Sammy yeah. Guevara is hated more. Generally, I would say on online circles. Um, and Seth Rollins is a better wrestler than Sammy, even if you're not a big Seth Rollins fan. That's just my personal opinion. On it. Mm-hmm. Sammy does Sammy's have the appeal of being kind of like wild, though, you know? Sometimes he just like kicks people in the face. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Seth Rollins has not done that for a while, bro. It's kind of lame. <laughs> I can't go sign this. Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. My last said Seth needs a new back. <laughs> Half two euros. Appreciate your push. Frog price in space is even you coward. 
Monty, has anyone told you about the Frog Prince fiasco over my in MySpace a week ago? I remember seeing some uh, some Maureen feedback. You know, <laughs> he's uh, you know leans a little right, you know, and uh, some people. Yeah, anyway, save up for the spaces. Um, all right, let's talk about this week, and we've obviously already spoke about a few things. Um. <laughs> I guess uh, we're just going to do highlights because obviously we're not going to do like a full review of every show. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, we don't want to bore you with that. So uh, we'll just go through it in order, I guess. SmackDown, uh, the only WWE show that we're going to talk about. Um, LWO versus the Gazas. Ibu, I know you was quite uh, looking forward to this one, seeing what they could do in there. And uh, he was, I thought they produced a very, very nice match, to be honest. Uh, nothing really too surprising here, though, Ibu. Oh, Garza and Korea were a good team, man. I, I I wasn't I wasn't big on Korea when I first saw him a couple years ago, but he's really grown into a nice wrestler here. So uh, they're sharp. They were the best tag team in NXT. They got called up here, and they're facing Raul Mendoza and Rocky Walking Wild. Those guys were under push for a period, and they're starting to turn into like slight jobbers. But uh, they've kind of reheated these guys back up. They gave them a, a match on NXT at the New Year's Evil show, where Joaquin had that viral spot where he did the big jump to the outside. So got a little bit of juice there, but yeah, this is a natural match to do the two lucha lucha teams, and uh, yeah, they worked hard and they had a good match. I, I had a good time with this one, and um, yeah, there's a lot of different tag combinations you can do from now, literally until Mania, especially if you enjoy, uh, when with Rey Mysterio coming back imminently, Dragon Lee always in the mix, potentially Andrade coming back. There's a lot you could do here, and um, there's even an angle you could do NWO style with Andrade if you want to, where it's like who's whose side is he on? Is he? Is he with Legato or is he with uh, uh, Zelina Vega and whatever? You could even do a swerve because Zelina's framing it like she has this ace up her sleeve, Joe. Like she has this thing in her back pocket, this, this trap card to play, right? You could do a thing where it's like her trap card was Andrade and he shows up and he's like, psych, you know? I've been trying to work out the numbers in my mind of like, what, what's the big what's the big tag here? We got, we have Andrade and the Garzas. Not Andrade, sorry, Santos and the Garzas. If you add Andrade, mm-hmm. there's four people. On Ray's side, there's if you count Carlito, there's four people. If you count Dragon Lee, there's five. Do we put Bad Bunny with the heel? Like, what, what do we? Where, where is this going to end up? So I'm just curious what they end up doing there. Is there any chance Andrade's not involved in this? Because like, yeah, there's a chance. There's a chance. It feels like there would be. I'm torn on it because like he's called to come into an angle, but I also would like him to get like a. Big solo intro on maybe a raw as a heel. I don't know. I agree. I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Th- those are the two options. Like he could easily just show up on Raw, just be this big time big shot dude, and just do that. And I would like to see it. I, w- you know yeah. what I mean. I don't hate the option of just being with the Latino feud. The, the thing is, uh, Zelina is teasing having a, a- an ace up right. Sleep. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm curious what ends up happening there. We'll it's see. a one starting point, definitely one starting point. Wouldn't I would also not be opposed to he's he starts off in this feud, it goes to mania, they do the post mania draft, immediately rip him away from it and just throw him in his own own thing. Yep. You know. Yeah, with you. Yeah, I wouldn't be too mad at you. Uh anything that seems like a realistic possibility for the way that the ring Andrade is uh there's nothing I'm not really sweating or worrying about yeah. how to bring him in, to be honest, you know. Well, He's the kind of wrestler you just want him in the ball game, right? It's not really yeah. about how it's just like let's just get him in, get him wrestling on the mm-hmm. TV, so that'll make the show better. That's really where it is for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, LWO, Gazas, Gazas, 
very uh, very good start to their, you know, uh, them back on the back on the main roster. They've had a, you know, they've they've came off very well the past couple of weeks, you know. Uh, so I think they're gonna continue to fit into the main roster. Oh very, man, very Mats, that, that that pre-tape with them like in slow motion with shades and suits <laughs> on. <laughs> I forgot to post a, post a, a gif of that. They're like all walking in slow motion and popping their collars and shit. That was good. Yeah, man. It's looking good, though. It's looking good. Um, there was a, you know, a Pete, a Pete Dunty's, I guess. You know, Tyler Bate. Trying I spoke to about give, this to give, on the whole house. You did, you did. So <laughs> we're very lucky you don't have to go on 10 minutes about this. <laughs> it's quite this invisible camera in the bar segment, you know. But, you know, Tyler mm-hmm. Bate and Butch are talking and, you know... Uh, yeah, but it seems like Tyler Bate wants to get the British Strong Style tag team back together. Uh, Butch isn't really feeling it. Tyler Bate's trying to convince him and he's got to find himself. And there was like this moment where Butch had like, this, uh, this this look of deep thought and the camera zoomed in. And it's like, oh my God, he's thinking of Pete Don. <laughs> yeah, the is away. <laughs> I, I didn't touch on it in the, in the show with Joe, but uh, I got in this. I was telling Charlie this because she saw the segment as well. Funny enough, uh, and um, I got nostalgic about UK independent wrestling from like the 2010s. And uh, I was watching like some old stuff with them. I was watching some Mustache Mountain, unfortunately. And I also, you know, I got into this weird rabbit hole. Like I, re- I rediscovered Progress, which was once a good promotion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was watching some progress. I um, I saw Monty the first ever major angle in NXT UK history, and Pete Dunne in like the, the ceremony just like knocked the shit out of some dude, and like backstage like uh, uh, William Regal is like, "Are oh, you out of your mind? Are you daft, man? Look, I set this up for you, and this is what you do on the first big night." And he's yelling at him, and he's he's calling for Triple H to come like scold uh, Pete Dunne, right? And Hunter looks at him, he's like. Make a name for yourself, kid, and just walked away. And Pete Dunne just like nodding, so like, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, he walked on top of the broad shoulders. And he's like, Regal's like, are you gonna say something? And he's like, make a name for yourself. So I, I only bring this up because it was mentioned in the pre-tape. He was like, I, I remember that night in Blackpool, man. You know, making a name for yourself. And I was like, oh my god, Hunter's a pervert. He's, he loves being self-referential. It's like know? seven years ago. Yeah, but you know what is his mind? He's like. You remember what I told you back in Blackpool? Make a fucking name for yourself. That's what we're doing now. <laughs> Ten years later. Long <laughs> <laughs> time storytelling. Um, but yeah, little Pete Dunte's. Uh, the show actually started with the bloodline, not hijacking the show. I think it was it to be Grayson Waller versus Cameron Grimes. As Grimes was making his entrance, the uh, bloodline jumped him. And uh, Nick Aldis wasn't happy about it. Put him in the main event. Put him in a handicap match because Roman Reigns isn't around, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, this <laughs> this led to the main event handicap match, but it wasn't much of a handicap match for the, you know, for the most part because as Randy Orton, the first person to make his entrance, he gets taken out or so before as he's making his entrance for the match. Uh, so it's just a you know it's a standard two and two, LA Knight and AJ Styles. Versus Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and they're, they're just kind of having a, a tag match, and he gets he gets to that closing stretch, brother. And it was so it was so obvious how this was gonna play out. Man. Am I an idiot? I didn't 
I, I'm so dumb because I didn't see this coming when it's so obvious. Like, I'm like, all right, Randy's didn't want to bump this week. Okay, fuck it, right? Like, they're just going to do a tag. And then Knight's taken out or whatever, and then I hear voices. And yeah, he's got to get his pop, bro. You, know, you can't just, <laughs> he can't just make his entrance and get bitched. He's like, as soon as he made his entrance. Like, as soon as he made his entrance and he got attacked, that obviously solidified that the bloodline hadn't found a third man, you know? And they were trying to make it a two-on-two. And I was just like, well, obviously. <laughs> it's Randall Keith, you know? <laughs> he ain't staying down too long, long, you know? Uh, no, I was going to say, the fact that they cued his song a second time is just so funny, you know? And he comes in, <laughs> immediately he's fucking doing the head bobble and the power slam, and then... So over, man. Like, yeah. obviously, that's nothing new. But it feels like this is the most over he's ever been, right? Like, fuck. Good chance. That's a baby face. It's crazy. Good like, chance. even that triple threat match last week, you could tell when LA Knight did something to Randy, they were kind of like, "Well, hold on, yeah." <laughs> you know, we fuck with LA Knight, but he ain't Randy Orton. It was it was wild, but uh, yeah. I will say, quick thing on this the match is obviously, you know, it's just it's just a chance to see stars basically. But I think AJ Styles looks pretty good. I yeah. think he looks pretty good as a cat. The gear is obviously hilarious, yeah. but his actual work, I think he looks pretty good. So that's encouraging. It yeah. it, it it has a bit of snap to it, you know. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's working I, more I, vicious. I like it. It's good. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised at how much I'm taking to it because AJ hasn't done much for me in recent years, but I like it. I thought that the baby faces or whatever AJ Styles, is, them all standing strong at the end of this show with no Roman there was was important in the build, and it just yeah. kind of really just reiterates like how many people are kind of like over right now that like they all just kind of look really beast at the end of the show like that so um yeah there's I, gonna I, be I a false that. finish in this four-way match there's gonna be a single false finish that will be clipped on wrestling twitter for the next 10 years it'll be an, it may be an RKO, it may be a blunt force trauma but one of those fellas is gonna get a false finish that people actually buy it on and like roman will yank the guy out of the ring at the last yeah. referee maybe yeah. And I swear to you, in 2028, they'll be like, remember when LA Knight almost won? The dude, you know? <laughs> it'll be like the pack one that we get nowadays. So, yeah. Watch for it, folks. <laughs> really electric and really keep hot. An eye out for especially it. that it's in the state. Yeah, that specific thing. <laughs> yeah, keep an eye out, folks. <laughs> All right. Um, Bianca Belair versus Bailey. Am I back? Can you guys hear me? You're back. Yeah, you're back. You did I lag out or did you guys lag out? You did, but it's fine. <laughs> Joe froze and Monty froze. Yeah, and I started, then anyway, he fucking... get his cover, man. You're, you're fine. You're back. You're back. You're back. Calm down. Calm down. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna throw you the ball. You know, that's why I need you to. Yes. I need you to settle down. You know, Bianca Belair versus Baylor. Very good match. Um, not the first very good match that they've had on TV. Uh, either you wrote basically a feature article about this on Twitter, so that's why I'm throwing you the ball on this one. So talk about it, man. Yeah. Um. It's funny, man. They both uh, they both have spotty TV uh, records lately when it comes to like performances. That Bianca Kyrie match was horrendous, and it was like, why is this so bad? Bianca Belair is world class. Bailey's somebody who, since coming back from her knee injury, she's very up and down. You know, she's she's not she's not someone who wins a ton of matches, uh, but she finds herself in a position now where she's uh, in a sympathetic role. They're transitioning her because of this whole thing with um damage control, right? And uh. It's almost like the company was like, we need the right people to get to to have this type of match. And Bailey and Bianca is becoming an old reliable, so to speak. 
Uh, they just kind of work well together, which is funny because like Bianca's like this android that like expects you to keep up with her, and Bailey's not going to do that. But she she's in the match itself, right? Because Bianca's so athletic and so strong and fast and powerful, you have you just inherently start rooting for Bailey because you feel bad for this woman. Like it's like how the fuck does she keep up with this person? And so she starts doing all these veteran tricks and stuff like that because she's Bailey, and um. Yeah, Bailey becomes a sympathetic favorite. She starts to just get babyface reactions throughout the match, but it's achieved without the fans turning on Bianca. It's interesting and kind of subversive in that sense. And then, furthermore, the fact that damage control will not help Bailey, you know, the fact that Bailey's waiting on a stable to help her cheat—that's a heel. That's a heel thing. That's a heel tactic. But in this context, in this match, them not wanting to help her is a betrayal. It's like. And, and, and inherently, friends betraying other friends is heelish. And so you feel sympathy for the person who's been wronged. And in this case, it's Bailey, the person who's brought all these people to WWE's main roster. Uh, so in that respect, I thought this was a really good piece of business, storytelling-wise and wrestling-wise. And it's the right type of match to give Bailey an extended match. It, it went longer than just the kind of the usual SmackDown women's match. And so it was the right type of showcase to give her and frame her for the fans in uh, just in time for the Royal Rumble since she's going to be in that rumble and she's one of the people who's probably um, going to be down there in the final stretch potentially to win it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're quietly a really good match for each other in that sense, right? Like they kind of cover each other's yeah. weaknesses. It's a nice dynamic. Mm-hmm. They back. There's a backstage segment uh, where Bailey was just kind of like, yo, what the fuck is going on here? And Dakota was like, I, she, I forgot what she said, but she said something. She was gaslighting her and they're doing this thing where she can speak Japanese and understands what they're saying, but not Bailey. So they're obviously all talking shit about her. And there's going to be this really cool moment soon. Very Sami Zayn. Yeah, it, was like, it was like, well, you want to win the Rumble, so you're going to have to do that all by your own. So we was, you know, we was helping you. We was <laughs> you. Yeah, it was super gaslighting. That she, rules. She yeah. said it really sincerely. It was really funny. She's like, she's like no, yeah. we're just preparing you. You know, like, it's because you, she's you good. At, she's been pretty good at that role, to be honest. Yeah. To call it right. She's that awesome, role. dude. You know, it's gaslighting. She's good at gaslighting. <laughs> There's going to be a moment, Monty, in one of these segments where they're speaking in Japanese. And Bailey's going to reveal, like, I know what the fuck you just said. And it's going to be like, oh, my God. Like, whoa. <laughs> and they're going to do a dramatic pan to EO. And she's just going to be like, she's going to say something in Japanese to the other ones. I like, like, take her out or kill her or some shit. And Bailey's going to fight back. And the crowd's going to pop. She's going to give Asuka Bailey the belly. They're going to go crazy. She's going to let her hair down and shit. Uh, so... Yeah, man, good, good for Bailey. I think this is gonna work out for her. And she, like I said, like I said on on Twitter, this she'll be this year's Sami Zayn in that respect. It's one of Triple H's old 2015 favorites that's gonna finally get to have the prolonged but deserved run that they deserve to have as a babyface. Yeah, man. And uh, in less fortunate news, obviously Austin Fury, Carmelo Hayes. You know, uh, they were having a pretty decent match, and but unfortunately on a. Uh, what do you even call it, bro? It's like the Fury's like springboard Spanish fly thing. <laughs> what, what, what? I don't know what it's called, but yeah, it, it didn't quite, it didn't quite go as planned, and yeah. kind of landed awkwardly, and the match got called off. So hopefully, the both all right. The WWE account did tweet, but had face contusions or some shit. But obviously, you never know how. I don't want to call conspiracy, Monty, but I'm noticing ever since Dave had this art, uh, this argument, uh, it was on social media, but it was also something he heavily highlighted on on, on his uh, his show. But about just like how both companies are really bad when it comes to the safety of the athlete, when it comes to just that wrestling is wrestling and that you're going to be expected to power through things sometimes and concussions and blah, blah, blah. I've noticed ever since that, right? 
because because it happened after like Moxley's situation in, in Grand Slam with Phoenix and um, Ricochet got concussed in a four way and they kept going for 10 more minutes. And but since then now, like it's like the referees now in some of these WWE matches, a bump happens. They look at them and they're like, oh, X. The matches are thrown out, like yeah, it's better safe than sorry, you know. Yeah, especially especially if wrestlers as athletes are normally pretty inclined to just want to battle for it, you know. So, uh, yeah, they acted quick on Friday, which was good to see. So, shout out to the referee. Um, but yeah, man, that was uh, that's kind of the highlights, I guess, from SmackDown that we can talk about. And uh, let's get to. Let's get straight into let's get into a let's get into AEW. Obviously, we had Collision, Rampage, Battle of the Bouts. We're gonna kind of just bounce all over the place. I think okay. we'll start with the Cope Open though, because uh, we mentioned it earlier. Adam Copeland Open Challenge answered by Lee Moriarty, and uh, he, he wasn't terrible, but it didn't really fill you with enthusiasm to see Lee Moriarty get like you know push further, be more of a regular on TV. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking about earlier, it just feels kind of like. You know, as I was saying, um, there was a win- there was definitely a window open for him, and he is a very talented guy. But I just don't think that window in AEW is it's been closed for quite a minute. It's not like it's recently closed. You know, it's been closed for quite a minute. It doesn't seem like it's gonna swing back open anytime soon. So maybe you just need to kind of like a refresh button. You know. Yeah. Um, also, on the know. cope side of things, next one they need to get a uh, they need to get yeah. a big name in this cope open thing. I said last week they should have started with one because then you'd have more like people would be kind of be more forgiving. Look, I may be into a Lee Moriarty match or a, you know, whoever it's going to be, Anthony Henry, but generally for the audience, like you need to kind of train them. This may actually be a big deal, the Cope Open. Like it's, it's tough. When it's guys that are just living on Ring of Honor, it's not going to do much, unfortunately. I should probably add some backstage information on this. Um, Go for it. Edge's opponent changed like seven times in like three days. <laughs> Yeah, which is tough and, for Lee. Let's be clear about it. We've talked a lot about Lee's performance. That's really difficult. So, It was one of those things. It was like the same batch of just kind of ROH adjacent names. It was going to be like someone of that tier, right? But they were like Anthony Henry. Then at some point he switched to Lee. Then he changed it out of Lee. Then they decided like right before the show, actually, no, we will do Moriarty. And then they just do it out there. But yeah, I, I second your opinion, Joe. I think... Um, you know what? You know what? It hit me, and not that this kind of shows why you shouldn't fully judge things off cage match. But if you go to Edge's cage match in his AEW run, mm-hmm. yeah, you got hit by blinding light. I don't know what that was. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this, Monty and Joe. If you go to Edge's cage match, right in his AEW run, not a single match is over seven, except for the pay per view match with Christian. Oh. And that shows you that because like I think we'd all agree he's having a good run, right? He's having a nice run here. Um, but he isn't having like the bangers or the matches, you know, that you'd think he would have. So, you know, next week would be a nice week to to, to kind of get the ball rolling on that a little bit, you know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, man. Have, have these, have, you know, have to have, have the dream matches, man. So, dude's not, he's not going to be around for, you know, uh, years and years to be able to have weekly matches like this, you know, like even if he has got a multi-year contract, which he does, you know, he isn't going to be able to do the cope open for the next right. 100 weeks, you know, it's going to be, it's not going to be like a super long-term thing. So get the, you know, use it as an excuse to just make these matches, you know. Um, Agree. Yep. But yeah. Uh what else have we got? All right, there was a promo on Collision, yeah. I want to see what I, our live chat thought of it. 
It was a lot of promo on Collision, yeah. And obviously Jericho and uh, Jericho and Guevara were like, promoting their match, which was like on the night on Battle of the Bouch, yeah. And the noise in the in the arena was quite suspect. And at first, I thought it was piped in. And then I thought, nah. So I just kind of left it. Then I saw it all over the timeline. Like, oh, I thought this might have been piped in. This was definitely piped in. This was definitely piped in. So I did the tweet asking. Some people thought it was. Some people didn't think it was. So, obviously, they were doing that to try and cover up any potential booze that Jericho might have gone, got whilst being on the backstage promo. They might not have even shown Jericho in the arena. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? But it did yeah. sound very suspect, didn't it, Joe? Yeah, I just didn't understand the choice because they could have, on Rampage, they played their promo and just didn't have any, they didn't play it to the people and didn't have any crowd sound. Doing this was more distracting. Like, it was it was ridiculous. They were, like, yelling everything. It wasn't even reacting to what they were saying. They were just cheering loudly at the whole entire picture. So, yeah, totally, <laughs> fighting, totally fighting. And again, another case of, like, handling it in a way that's almost points more attention to the weirdness of it. It's, yeah, um, definitely piped in. Yeah. Not cool, but yeah. Then obviously they had the you know the street for tag match with uh, Ricky Starks and Big Bill on Battle of the Bouts, which was just kind of your yeah, run of the mill street fight match, really. You know, it wasn't. I won't say it was anything spectacular by any means. It wasn't terrible, you know. But uh, you know, I'm not really jumping off my couch to uh, watch Chris Jericho tag title match at the moment. So there was also that factor which probably did hinder my enjoyment a little bit. So. Um, you know, like I said, well, he didn't see he wasn't terrible or anything. The, the um, good aspect, Andy Guevara took a crazy bump in it. Um, yeah, he took the Steve Blackman bump. He took the Steve Blackman bump. When he was climbing up, yeah, yeah, man. But bro, when, when he was climbing up, I was like, no way this fucking guy is doing this on Battle of the Bouts, bro. Like, what are we doing? That is the beast thing about Samuel. Like, say what you want about him. He's not my favourite wrestler, but he is crazy, bro. Like, when it comes to shit like that, he's, he's not quite Derby, but. You know, there's not He's really many of it. There's not really met anyone else on his level in AEW, to be honest. So, um. what, what I what I say about the, the, this thing that was cool is that very few street fights are actually on the actual street. And this is something that made me mad, Joe, when I was like nine. I used to always. This is something that always bothered me when I was a kid as a wrestling fan. They're like, "It's a street fight." I remember when I first heard "street fight," I'm like, "Oh my god, it's a wrestling match in the street!" Oh my god, it'd never be in the street. You know, these guys wouldn't fight in the street. They fight, like, in the ring and then outside yeah. the ring. It's not a street fight. It's just a wrestling match with weapons. And then these guys are fighting in the literal street. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool. It's like my life has come full circle in this fucking shitty Battle of Bouts match. Kind of, yeah. Not really, but kind of, yeah. That's oh. what we're looking at. <laughs> yeah. um, what else we get from AEW this weekend? Eddie Kingston versus Utah was pretty fine. Uh, don't really have much yeah. to say about that. Um, Hangman Adam Page versus JD Drake. I quite like this. Oh, I yeah. quite like this quite a bit. You know. Oh yeah. Well, championship you know, wrestling, was, brother. <laughs> you know, and they 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 did. Like, at the start, the crowd wasn't particularly like thrilled. You know, they were behind Hangman, but with time, they they definitely they got them, Joe. They got the people. Oh, bro, JD can go and like. When you're a top guy and you're giving someone that's not a lot of TV exposure space to fill and like a lot of time, 
they need to live up to that. Because if they don't, it's going to bury both of you, right? If JD's offense looked like shit, it would have made Hangman look worse than JD. JD's got offense, and he has variety, too. He'll bust out a moonsault. He'll do some flashy stuff. He can go. Also, Anthony Henry, that was a really nice um, kind of heel interference, but they did on the outside. You know, these big running kick thing. Yeah. Uh, and the people got they got some heat from that. Workhorseman, they need to be in the rotation. We said this months ago when they wrestled FTR for the belts. Give me that FTR sequel, by the way. We need that ASAP. But uh, that's one I can I can let them go twenty five on collision just for the fuck. There you go. Imagine that court row, brother. I'll be rocking well, and rolling. Well, it's going to be a vile <laughs> rating, but I, that's when I'll sit through. Um, I'll tell you what. I said this. I was watching this match last night with Rob, uh, and and uh, I just kept saying, JD should go to all Japan. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's just go to all Japan, you know. We're we're not cool, man. Yeah, he's, dude's genuinely he can really go. He can talk too, by the way. He can kind of go. I first saw him on an Evolve show like five years ago, and he was branded as the yes. blue collar badass JD yes. Drake. Yes, I watched him face Austin Theory for the Evolve Championship. Based oh. um, <laughs> on, on, uh, <laughs> on, AW, on AW Rampage, we had Aminata versus Shida. Nice bit of business, oh, yeah. lads. Clobbering. Physicality, Queen Amanar's offense is like immediately immediately at home on national TV, which let's be honest is not the norm by any means. Um, <laughs> translating, bringing it with physicality, like you do that and you're halfway there. I, I like the match a lot. Yeah, so that one swerve, by the way, also one of those four minute matches we've been talking about recently. Oh, yeah, really well wrestled. Yeah, so I is. Like, <laughs> I said it, I'm, I'm, I'm fried out, bro. I was like, listen, man, let me tell you. Eight minutes, you know. Bro, he's so he's so slick. Mm-hmm. Everything is perfect. He's still, still very, very good. Peak, the peak of vibes is Matt Seidel and Dante Martin in Daly's place. I hope they find yeah. a nice. I feel like they find. I hope they find a nice place for Matt Seidel in this rejuvenated tag division that a lot of people hope yes. for in twenty twenty four. Find him a nice partner that yeah. isn't a Martin. I had no problem with you know right yeah but find him an actual tag partner that he can actually like be with long term you know where he's not just filling in for an injured brother or partner like find him an actual partner um look at the AW roster bro they've got fucking loads of honestly bro definitely gotta be somewhere they played with the thing with him and Mick Moriarty before maybe that's the answer to both of our questions you know like maybe yeah, yeah. interesting yeah. wouldn't be perfect but it'd be interesting right it'd be something yeah oh god uh, I don't want to react to the chat and change the topic, but yeah, yeah, I um, I I, I think Moriarty and Inside L would be pretty cool as a team, honestly. Sure, um, Celestial. I just I just want him. I just want an excuse to get him on TV more. Frankly. Yeah, man, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, I don't know how. Yeah, uh, Swell Side L was good. I'm out of a shit. It was good. Diana Perazzo first. AEW match since being signed to the promotion against Red Velvet. I thought both women looked pretty good here. Uh, Diana's, uh, Diana's, she can grapple, brother. You know, that's already yeah. pretty much known by anyone who's watched her before, though. Uh, Red Velvet continues to impress whenever she's given the chance on AEW television, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, good start for Diana, man. 
Stuff yeah, and you know, to your point, everyone who's watched Dylan knows, but I thought she did a good job here of like getting over her style. Yeah. Right. Like doing some of the more flashy parts of that game to kind mm -hmm. of tell the audience that's what she does. And it gives her a speciality, which is important. So many wrestlers now try and tick every box. She has a clear style, which allows you to tell interesting stories. Red Velvet, you mentioned it, super underrated. Um, a lot of people should like really reassess where she's at. She can add a lot. So she's someone who I'd like to see given like some creative assistance, you know, something she's like around, but not really used properly. So I like red velvet for sure. Yeah, man. <clears throat> All right. Now let's talk about either TNA, but Linda Valor, Joe Hall, but since Hangman, he's no longer with us yep. for whatever reason. I'm, I hope he's back soon. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> I'll, get, I'll give you the ball on this one. Which one All do you right. want to start with? Let's TNA, do TNA because TNA. I think everyone would rather talk about New Japan. So we'll do TNA. He's back anyway, but we'll do the TNA nonetheless. Um, a show that I think was a was a, a good show, a fun show, nice atmosphere, not quite the home run you'd hope for, right? With with kind of more eyes presumably mm. on you. Closed in a good fashion, right? The audience made that Nick Nemeth thing feel even bigger than it than it already was. They actually wrapped it to like it's a really big deal, which was cool. I thought there was like three matches on a similar level on that show. You had the X Division triple threat. The Hammerstone Alexander match and the Trinity Jordan Grace match, which was my favorite personally, actually. And the reason it was my favorite one, I know you saw it. I don't know what you think, but that's the physicality in that kind of surprised me. Jordan set the tone, and she's always that way. But Trinity was like, she kind she of met her in the middle. Game, and said, bro. Let's throw. Yeah, like this. It, it really was a fun kind of Clash of the Titans babyface match. Not silky smooth, but it wasn't trying to be. I thought they kind of threw bombs for 15 minutes, got the thing over, and I, I left it very impressed. So, Knockout's title was my was my highlight from hard to kill, I think. My um for the knockouts women's title match, I thought it was gonna be for like a thing where Trinity would kind of direct where it was going and it would be kind of more you know, <laughs> like story driven. Yeah. You know? Whereas if Jordan could kind of get her teeth into the match, which she evidently did, then it would be a lot lot more physical because that would because Trinity, like I was just saying, Trinity's game, you know. So yes, she you know, Jordan sets the tone. She'll she'll go with it in the deed, and I had a very very strong match. All four, so yeah, man. And uh, Trinity still got a few a few tapings left in her, apparently. So yeah, um, she's on the Orlando, Orlando tapings. Yeah, Orlando, um, yeah. She might be on. Uh, she might be on another one after that as well. I don't know. Yeah, it should be noted too that we mentioned this last week. I think the match kind of reiterated it. Hammerstone, they, they need to get that signature. That'd be a nice piece for them. I, I thought his presence was a big addition to that show. Uh, him and Alexander had a good match. So that stood out also. And, you know, it was, again, if you liked the Impact shows, you'd have liked the show. It wasn't one that's going to convince anyone that was, you know, on the, <laughs> was doubting it. It was kind of, it was an Impact show. It's fun. Yeah, but you were, you're, a, you're a believer in Hammerstone, aren't you? Yeah, I like Alex Hammerstone. I think uh, he came off like the he came off like the big shot when he walked out there, and, and, and the crowd took to him in that in that way. And they were chanting for him, and he this is his first uh, TNA show. Um, so I, I liked the match. It, it, I liked it mostly, to be honest with you, just because it just felt like two guys who should be in the main event scene within this promotion is having a match, and so I just I just I, he just comes off like a big time dude. He looks like a professional wrestler. You know, so I, what I'd like to see out of Alex Hammerstone personally is, is a dual contract where he does like TNA and Japanese freelancing or TNA and New Japan yeah. wrestling, something like that. Uh, it would just pop me. And it just, I think it, it's, it's something that would help wrestling because he's, he's just a good, he's a good police. He, he, he's a good, 
like upper B range player that is just really solid. And, uh, you know, he looks like a million dollars. So I like that. And regarding the TNA show, um, yeah, to your point, Joe, like, it felt like mostly an impact show. And hilariously enough, the last impact show I watched in full was Bound for Glory, which was a better event than this. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, you know, look, what I love is when the eyes of the wrestling world is on a show and they, with that audience, say, this is who the fuck we are. It's why Barely Legal 1997 is one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. It's ECW's first official pay-per-view. Was this Barely Legal 1997 in terms of a declarative statement of intent home run? No. Was it WrestleMania 14? The Austin era has begun. No. Was this AEW Double or Nothing 2019? Absolutely not. But, but, Monty, but, Joe, a wanted man showed up at the yes. Yes, he did. Man showed up and gave Moose a zigzag, which they had no name for. And uh, they only played his theme for about 40 seconds. And I wondered why they didn't let the song ride out during the attack, to which Rob pointed out to me, there's a good chance the song, is, the song isn't finished, which is really funny if true. Um, but look, am I sold? Is this TNA thing probably going to change the world? No. But am I going to watch for Nick Nemeth? Probably a little it's bit. Just- Imagine how much better this conversation would be if it was Nemeth and Shelley that we were talking about. You know, that match would be very inspiring. Look, you were saying like you want to kick off with a bang and make a real <laughs> statement of intention of who the brand is. So it's like going into that with like Moose is our world champion by defeating Alex Shelley. When like, you know, I wanted to the like, idea like even not trying to be realistic. Like I wasn't expecting like the mystery signing to be fucking Mercedes Monet or. You know, Will Ospreay or whoever. You know, I was always keeping my expectations quite, you know, modest as far as that concerned. But let's say, for example, like they signed Alexander Hammerstone. They announced it. You know, they announced it on on Saturday night. They had Alex Shelley win, and it's Nemeth and Shelley. You know, um, you got you got some more pieces to play with. Like, yeah. The thing with Nemeth is he feels like the most TNA wrestler to never wrestle for TNA, right? There's something about this whole thing that feels so, like, fitting and on brand. And I'm hopeful about it. I'm a fan. I'm hoping it's going to go well. But it's not – this is not his fault. It just is what it is. While it popped us, it's unlikely to be the angle that makes people go, well, let me, you know, let me set my DVR. You know what I mean? It is what it is. I think what it's going to end up being as well is just – yeah. Yeah, it's very, it's very, it's very baffling to me. And I'm not even like I'm. I I absolutely do. Like, I do rate uh, Speedball more badly, but I'm not one of those people who's like, quite well, actually, he's the best in the world, you know. Like, but the fact that there is like a few fans like that in certain corners of like you know the internet wrestling community. Uh, if you're a company like Impact, you kind of like you should be. Not really going with that man, you know. Bro, he, he had, just he had, had, he had like, Osprey. Yeah, <laughs> he just had like a, um, <laughs> he had like he had his little X division run, you know. He had his little X division title run, which wasn't really like you know some substantial thing that did with him. Then like he got the Will Osprey match because I'm sure Will Osprey probably really wanted to wrestle him, and they knew that they would have a quote banger together, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So if you can if you can rely on him for a spot like that, then I don't know why they can't rely on him a bit more, especially with the position they're in. It's not like, oh well, 
Right. Yeah. Moose is your world champ, bro. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, yeah, that's the thing, Monty. It's like they have pieces here that can really do some I damage. Do. But but they put them in these weird spots that don't get the best out of them. It's it's yeah. so like it's like the opposite of Heyman, you know. Like when that guy lost big pieces, he was like, "Who do I still have?" Okay, Jerry Lynn to Jerry. I'm gonna give you heavy dosages of these guys because they're great in 2000. You look at this TNA roster. Speedball Mike Bailey could do some damage, you know. Chris Sabin is still is still a great wrestler. Um, there's is. more guys up and down the card in the tag division. You have GYV booked on this show. Yeah, Joe Joe mentioned it on the. Uh... On his pre-show, I caught, I caught some of it. It's like, you just let GYV versus, you know, Bullet Club, Ace Austin and Chris Bay yeah. or, you know. Be the best match on the show. <laughs> like, and just let them have 15, 20 minutes. It's like, yeah, yeah that's 100% going to have more people talking about it and stuff. And like, what was it? A free four-way tag title match where it's like, people have to like, there's like a clear formula where people are just yeah, trying to get this shit makes, in, and it's just it immediately makes them just one of the teams, you know. And yes. they did this with the Good Brothers. And I know the Good Brothers aren't popular online, and they're not like Matt, you know, they're not having classic matches. But if you're going to sign the Good Brothers, why put them in 800 Fatal Four Ways where they're just part of this crew? You know, it's like, yeah, I don't know. That always drives me nuts. They do that in every big pay per view, unfortunately. It feels like, you know, for those artists out there, coping markers are very good. They blend really well together. You don't use it the way you would use a regular Crayola fucking $5 marker. And it's like they're buying Copic markers, which are 50 fucking dollars. And they're using them singularly with no blending on in like a coloring, in like a children's coloring book. Like you're not maximizing your pieces. You're just using it the way you'd use any other fucking like tool, like a colored pencil or something. Blend these colors and do, make, make artwork. What are you doing? True. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense to me. You know? Yeah, it's one way of putting it. I thought the uh, yeah. the X Division Triple Threat match was yeah, it's pretty decent. And yeah, uh, you know, Kashida Vikingo Sabin in a triple threat match. That's one of the that's one of the matches where you don't really need any tweaks. You know, um, just let them free go out there and do the thing. But yeah, TNA hard to kill is in the books. Um, the surprises were Ash by Elegance. The announcement of, I guess, the continuation of AAA's and TNA Impact's relationship, and of course Nick Nemeth um, in the ring with the world champion. So hopefully Nick Nemeth beats him immediately. Uh, I, I can't, I can't take Moose Pete in Nick Nemeth, the wanted man, bro. Bro, you know? there's so he's going to work through that faction, and Eddie Edwards in that faction. I'm just going to apologise now, but like. I'm gonna absolutely pretend that match is great. I'm just gonna warn you both now. Like they're gonna go like 20 minutes, three and a quarter, and I'm gonna talk about it like it's classic. Ed Edwards, I mean, and Nick uh, Nemeth, you know, like Nemeth Macklin. It's gonna be some that will rule. Yeah, that will rule. But yeah, the you know, there's 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 pros and cons, you know, coming out of the show, I guess. You know. Yeah. Um, but there is there is some things to latch on to. Nick Nemeth being the main one, of course. So, uh, yeah, yeah I would, I'd like to be. Let's get him. Let's get him belt collecting, brother. You know? Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's do it. I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. So, yeah, TNA hard to kill. We'll see what else they've got planned. Um, so yeah, that just leaves us with New Japan battling the Valley out of the kind of the main shows, I guess. Obviously, I know there was other stuff in Japan and all that kind of stuff, but. Yeah, battling the valley. Um, 
I guess like we'll talk about this first because it happened before the main three matches that I want to talk about. But the return of the Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, Hollywood Jack Perry. He's got a big beard now. Um, <laughs> he looks like he looks like he's seen some things, you know. But anyway, yeah, he, he jumped out of the crowd in a lucha mask after the show Umino tag match. I think he was in. Um, and attacked Shota Rumino. And, uh, yeah, he, he attacked Shota Rumino, got in the middle of the ring, ripped up an AEW contract after he unmasked. Um, he also had an armband on that said scapegoat. So that's 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 the pattern. That's the pattern. The scapegoat, Jack Perry, looks like he's going to be having some sort of run in New Japan. So, um, yeah, man, Ibu is... You optimistic about this? You 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 turning your nose up at it? Like, how how are we feeling about the scapegoat, Jack Perry? When it happened, I laughed. I was like, "Oh, it's Jack Perry." Okay, he ripped up the AEW contract. He put the scapegoat thing on. Like, at least if anything, they're make they're trying to make you believe that he's been fired. Um, and you know. I think it's a I think it's a nice little spot for him to be honest with you. I think he's gonna benefit from being um in a different environment where he can just hopefully uh get some new tools in the woodshed and uh, you know become a, a more evolved performer. So I think AEW should honestly let him hang out here for a while, to be honest with you. Um I'm sure Rocky will book him on as many strong shows as he's available for for the for the foreseeable future in these United States shows, but I think he should also uh make make the trip over and just see what happens. Just see what happens. Uh, so, what do I think of the angle? I thought it was pretty good, to be honest. Uh, while also simultaneously being very funny, um, what do I? How do I think this will go? It depends on depends on Jack, because Jack was a good babyface wrestler, but he, um, as a performer, I think Jungle Boy went as far as it was ever going to go, and so he had to evolve and change that. But what he changed to was something that he never really got going with, and that was the Hollywood Jack Perry gimmick, which uh, never fully clicked before the suspension. And I thought the wrestling also didn't click on a high level as well uh, before the suspension. So we'll see how this goes bell to bell. We'll see 100%. Um, I think the I think he, his best bet is to just do what the Young Bucks do as heels, which is just 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 be as beast as you could possibly be, but like be a dick about it. Uh, so we'll see. I think I think it's a good spot for him. Yeah, man. Uh, I've got some optimism for it. I think it can work out pretty well for him. I think it will definitely work out better than what he was doing. Pre all in was I wasn't I wasn't really buying into that all. Um, to be very honest with you, I much preferred him as a baby face. But uh, yeah, anyway, Joe Hall. But where's uh, how's your optimism levels for the scapegoat, Jack Perry? I I like the move. Like in terms of how he'll do, um, this like direction and persona will, will kind of I think require new skills from him, but it's that this is a good place to do it, right? He is out of the spotlight yeah. compared to an AEW TV. I'm a huge fan of this kind of to me, this is the actual benefit from these partnerships, being able to do stuff like this. You know, I actually would like to see a lot more of this. Like young wrestler who's in a bit of a weird spot in his career, to put mildly, you know, yeah. let them do something. I think that's a benefit of these partnerships, like beyond the obvious dream matches. So I like it a lot. We've talked, I mentioned earlier, we've talked about like, you know. I'll put him in a faction or maybe let give him somewhere he can ease into it. This is kind of doing that in a more route in a, you know, honestly, even a better way, right? He can actually try and be a singles heel in a place where he isn't going to have the whole AEW kind of um, fan base aware of what he's doing. He can build some, some hype. Maybe he can change the perception. Maybe let's see. I'm, 
I'm intrigued, man. I think he's a talented worker. He, I agree with you that he wasn't a natural heel, but I do think he's a good pro wrestler, and I'm I'm hopeful yeah. this will be a chance for him to kind of you know change his image a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, so that's uh, that was the angle we got out of there. Um, the mystery partner for Matt Riddle was Jeff Cobb. Um, uh, yeah, but the three the three main matches I actually want to talk about are. Gay Kid versus Eddie Kingston, Shingo versus Marks and Osprey versus Okada. Because, you know, that's uh, that's what most people tuned in for. Judy as well, she had a pretty nice match with Trisha Dora. I didn't think it was anything blow away. I thought both of them were not pretty decent in yeah. it. Though. Um, but yeah, Gay Kid versus Eddie Kingston, just kind of a heated. Uh, they just kind of beat each other up for a bit and then it just sprawled into this. He just sprawled into this heated brawl out of just kind of hate and disdain for each other. And uh, the match itself, you know, if you were to like write it down as a, I don't know, a script <laughs> or something, like play by play, it's just, it's just not, not, nothing really that special about it. You know, it's a match that you've seen, you know, <laughs> two white dudes having New Japan plenty of times, you know. Um, but. I don't know, man. It just it had a certain edge to it. Then it didn't overstay its welcome in the sense of like, if you're going to go for something like that, then it's better if you don't kind of like prolong it for too long. And it just kind of developed into this messy, chaotic brawl, which the crowd was really behind. It was really heated. And uh, probably my favourite bit of business of the weekend, to be honest, with uh, yeah. the war dogs taking out Eddie Kingston as well. Uh, that cool shot of Gabe Kidd like, posing over Eddie Kingston with uh, with the belt. And uh, yeah, he got some good heat, man. And Gabe Kidd is, I think it just comes out in his performances. And I know it's kind of part of his character and his gimmick that he has a chip on his shoulder. But I feel like that really does come out in his performances. Yeah. It's like, he doesn't quite, again, and it's, it's funny because of how much of it plays into his gimmick. It's like, he isn't and hasn't been given uh, the booking or the focus that a, a Shotaru Manor will get or... Obviously, like a Yota Suji since he's been back, or someone like that, like someone who obviously the company have clearly circled as like a future main top player in the company, you know. But when Gabe Kid does get his like slight opportunities, whether that be in the G1, whether that be matches against Ed Kingston, whether that be matches against New Japan's more familiar top guys, whether that be Osprey earlier this year, um. Like I said, he he really does go out there and wrestle. Like he's got a chip on his shoulder and he's trying to make a point, you know. And uh, I think he does a really good job of it, Joe Hall. But oh yeah, he's he has great instincts and really refreshing instincts. And he has a certain energy and an intensity that, frankly, wrestling doesn't have enough of. When you talk about young guys, especially, right? He feels like a fighter. Sometimes it doesn't translate to like he hasn't got the total picture yet. He's a young guy. But Eddie Kingston is the perfect guy to channel what we're talking about, that energy, that instinctual vibe, to channel that into something magical. And I think they they started something here with that. I, this feels like the kind of rivalry that can honestly, like, kind of define both guys 2024, obviously more so kid. Man, this has serious legs. This is the kind of thing you do three or four times. This is like, this is money. Uh, different stipulations, different environments, so on and so forth. Just a nastiness and a spite. It managed to act. It was so hot, it escaped the kind of cold confines of this production that the show had, unfortunately, in terms of the sound and the feel. Um, hateful, venomous, personal pro wrestling. You know, the, not the most complete version of this match, but the right match for this moment in time. 
Absolute home run, I thought. The biggest compliment I can give it is go back, watch the no finish, listen to the people's reaction. They don't say bullshit. They don't boo the no finish. They say, let them fight. And Eddie, you know, fuck him up, Eddie. That's That means they're invested in the drama, not the not the kind of uh, complete epic, so to speak. So he, just love this. Great piece of business. Yeah, man. A lot to like. A lot to like. Uh, Ibo, it doesn't surprise me that you were a big fan of this one as well. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, Joe's right at the end there. Like when 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 finish when non finishes happen in modern wrestling, people get mad because their masturbation session has ended, and now I can't give this the highest star rating I could give it. That's why they're mad. The key of a non finish is what it's leading to, and in this case, like you said, Joe, they just wanted Eddie Kingston to fucking kill Gabriel Kidd, and by the people, I mean the people. And myself, I'm watching Gabe attack this guy at the end there, and then these motherfuckers from the War Dogs pull up and they start ganging up on this dude, and I, I pulled my razor out. I was like, "Let's like let's go. I'll jump. I'll I'll go there right now. Like I'll, I I'm not. I had, I pulled my razor out. I was like, "Yeah, I'll kill this nigga. What are you stabbing? What are you doing here? Um, listen, I enjoy. Look, as much as people say I, I hate fun and this and that, right? What I consume wrestling for is for stuff like this, because Eddie Kingston once said this, Joe, either on an NWA show hilariously or on his debut promo in AEW, is that a lot of these dudes are actors and that I'm a fighter. And a lot of young wrestlers are actors. They absolutely just they're absolutely victims of monkey see monkey do whether they want to be or not. They come into the business. They're fans of the business. They emulate the guys that they think are great. Right. And a lot of them are just amalgamations of different people you've seen. And it's just kind of how it is. That's how the game goes, right? It's a combi-cat business. But as a result, a lot of these young wrestlers to me are actors. And I don't believe half of them. I feel like they're just reciting and doing what people in positions of power instruct them to do. With Gabriel Kidd, I feel like I'm just watching Gabriel Kidd. Uh, he's absolutely out of his fucking mind. And it adds to... What his what his presentation, so to speak. So I'm watching this match, and it's not the most creative or dynamic thing in the world, right? But the thing about it is, I believe that they hate each other, and when that prevailing sense of hate is is carrying the whole match, it low key doesn't matter what the fuck they do. CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston is very bare bones from a spot standpoint. If you watch it with no sound and no context. And I don't know, like you're just looking at it spot by spot. It's not like it's nothing blow away, but you're watching an experience that trapped you in, and you're watching two men in a fucking heated struggle. And it's the same thing here. They're chopping each other and they're trading chops, and some chops are harder than the other chops. And it's not <coughs> creative. It's, it's they're just chopping each other. We've seen it a million times in pro wrestling, right? It's the white man strong style cosplay. But with Eddie Kingston and Gabriel Kidd, it's two guys you buy who fucking want to kill each other. And so that's what made it magical and special. And because of that, Joe and Monty, I felt this in my balls more so than I did any other match prior to this match on this day. So at the time of me watching this, Monty, I thought this was my match of the year. And it's because I believed it. I believed what I was seeing. And that's what I watch wrestling for. And quite frankly, to those that maybe kind of would be surprised by this, believing in pro wrestling is fun. And so by that definition, I don't hate fun. I just have fun with different things in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Very eloquently put. 
It was a good match. Uh, Shingo versus John Moxley. <laughs> this was also very chaotic, and obviously it was, it was kind of as you expected it to be, no DQ. You know, we had Shingo in blue jeans. <laughs> you know, Mox coming through. I love Mox's New Japan theme, man. Um, but yeah, this was, this was... This was something, man. This thought this this really escalated into stupidity, but in a uh, in a good way, I guess. You know, absolutely. It wasn't really like I don't know, man. I don't know. I I enjoyed it quite a lot. I don't think I got mm-hmm. the enjoy. Well, I've seen the spreadsheet. I didn't enjoy it as much as you two did. Um, really? Nah. Interesting. It's. A, I, 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 I are it's you surprised? Got... <laughs> Come on. I knew, you know. I I thought that when it started, right, it followed the Eddie Kingston John Moxley thing, and I'm like, this is already was like the violent. This match was already violent, and it was off the basis of hatred. And I thought this John Moxley Eddie Kingston, uh, John sorry John Moxley Shingo thing, it wasn't like a a story based match. So I'm like, they're gonna what are they gonna do? You know, they're gonna have to like just have a really stupid match like with really dumb bumps to kind of catch back up. And so it was all in that sense. And so, yeah. it's, and so, like, it starts off, and I'm like, this is, you know, it's, it's just a John Moxie kind of plunder thing, right? But then, through sheer force of will, because they're both so great, right? Through force of will and increasingly escalating stupid bumps and stupid kickouts, this kind of just became, like, godly to me. Um, and I, I heard you talking about it earlier, Joe. Like, I think you're you're on the same page in the sense that, like, slowly, just it just starts to kind of build on itself and will itself into being, like, more than just yeah. kind of thing so and I, that's yeah. what i thought it was the first half is like just shingo plugged into the moxley plunder match which has its own appeal because shingo is like wearing jeans and looks awesome and is bleeding <laughs> everywhere but i did think in the second half just the absolute talent of them it kind of as you said like kind of wills it towards something special and by the end i thought it was like i was almost i basically was incredible actually by the end i was the best match on the show and it's one of the best matches I've seen, I think, for 2024 thus far, which sounds ridiculous on January 15th, whatever on, but let's be real, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. So yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was awesome, personally. It's the good kind of excess, in my opinion. Because sometimes matches like this, you, you start watching with your eyes glazed over. You know, that PWG yeah. style, like just kind of like wank fest kind of doesn't do it for me sometimes. But uh yeah. It definitely it, had faults. Like the setup time was an issue. I thought you mentioned that earlier, Ray. But you mentioned that, like it, the setup time. Um, but man, I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, you can kind of dissect it and definitely see flaws. When you take a step back and look at the whole picture, it's like, man, that was a fucking hoot, you know? Yeah, <laughs> well, man, hey, I just had yeah. a great, I just had a great time watching it. This back to back with the Eddie Kingston when I'm sitting back and like it was the happiest I've been watching wrestling this year. Um, and yeah. they, they're, they're my two favorite matches of the year back to back, just for just for that specifically that experience. And when I was thinking about what star rating to give like Eddie Kingston versus the kid, for example, right? I was like, I could give it this one score that I'm thinking, but I gave another matches that rating, and I had much more fun watching this. Whereas with those, it felt like I was almost mm-hmm. like I just had to do it out of like respect. Uh, so yeah, all right. Um... Yeah, I, I, agree, I agree with both of you, to be honest. I agree with, like, how you, like, um, you know, you review the match. It just didn't, yeah. in terms of enjoyment, it just didn't peak as high, if that makes sense. Makes sense to me, um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, then we've got Osprey versus Okada. I mean, it was a good match. It just It's Osprey versus Okada, so there's a level of expectation. 
you know. But nonetheless, it was still it was still a good match, and it was a nice little send off match for Osprey. He didn't get the win, which I saw a couple of people complaining about. I don't know why anyone would be surprised about that, but um, <laughs> beat the ace on the way out, you know. Yeah, like, yeah that doesn't um, make sense. But yeah, man, it was a nice little match. I don't think he quite lived up to the expectations that some would hope for. Uh, it just depends on what your expectations are for Okada in the United States, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was a nice match. Like I said, nice little send off for Osprey. Yeah. Not really too much to add, to be honest. Two, two high level pros. <laughs> one of those is one of those. <laughs> yeah. um, Osprey, I think, had a certain match in mind that I don't think Okada was willing to have in San Jose, which. I kind of like reluctantly respect, but I'm also slightly blown away by it because if all I've ever there was a match state side that Okada would go nuts in, it would be this one. Nope. <laughs> Ain't happening, brother. So, yeah, I was good. It's very, it's one of those matches where, like, considering that effort, I just think they could have done, they honestly could have trimmed this for like 15 minutes, been no worse for it. The first 20 minutes of this match, bro, like, Okada did nothing to this match. Um, it was good. It was a good wrestling match that like, I will never watch again. You know, like yes, respectfully. Absolutely. Just, yeah. Here's what it is. Yeah, man. I like the post match from Osprey Cut. I, I think he's a bit of an underrated yeah. I think he's an underrated talker. And I think uh it was pretty sincere, you know, it just kind of encapsulated his whole run, eulogized it, thanked Okada, thanked the fans. It's a big growing point for him. They the crowd is chanting thank you, Osprey, and stuff. And he cut a good promo previewing the big cage match that they're gonna have on the new beginning tour. Uh, so I thought that whole part of the presentation was very classy. Yeah, man. But yeah, Button in the Valley. Uh, good show, man. Good show. Uh, the undercard yeah. stuff as well, which we didn't get to. Um, all very solid, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so let's speed run some super chats. And if you've got any time after, we've got like, we've got a couple of things I guess we can kick around for a minute. Uh, Kaden D199, appreciate you. Triple three, better not let Jinder win. Agreed. Trust the process, 44, 499. Appreciate you as always. I know he's older, but he's not. I know he's older, but I'd set Ziggler could pull a Cody and return to WWE in months, two years as a white heart main eventer. I would say yes, yeah. but not nowhere near the Cody degree. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I don't know about white oh, heart. I'd he's... say 50 to 1. I don't yeah, know if that means bad at math. Yeah. <laughs> white heart's tough. He, he's, you know, him going back would not surprise me at all eventually. I mean, yeah. scraps, right? Click Foley 499. Appreciate it. What is Tony Khan cooking with Jay and Bullet Club Gold? Stinky ROH titles. Tell TK the grill is on fire and the food is all burnt. <laughs> a lot of people want to see Jay Watt do more, man. It's it's an interesting one, definitely. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I just stopped caring. So it's like, it doesn't make me mad. Yeah. Hush 499. <laughs> appreciate it. Y'all think this Vince documentary will really cover everything? If done right, feels like it will be. The biggest wrestling piece of all time. So right. I guess that gives me an excuse to bring up what was said about it today. It. Dave Mounts on Observer Radio said that today he went to Los Angeles to do a Netflix taping about Vince McMahon. Uh, he says he's not supposed to say too much about it, but he's going to be out sooner than we think. It's a big deal. They've interviewed all kinds of people for it, including Vince McMahon. Uh, it covers a whole life of Vince McMahon, every single subject that you can think of regarding Vince from childhood to literally last week, practically covered everything. Um, the series when it started, Vince McMahon was still the owner of WWE, so like they've been working on this for years, and now he's not, so it covers all that as well. Um, so yeah, it just seems like it's going to be loaded. Yeah, I mean, cover everything is like impossible with a character like that, right? Like, but I think it seems like it's going to be closer 
to an actual documentary than than initially forecasted. Which I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's not something I'm going to expect to be uh, satisfied by in that regard. But we'll see. Hopefully. GN two pounds. Appreciate it. Has Rasputin got heat for not drinking the Jerry Kool Aid? Uh, no. If you're talking about heat with AEW, uh, absolutely not. Because um, think now, if you're AEW as a company, like think of how like, how would they approach that? Like <laughs> it would make yeah. them look so bad. Uh, and uh, but yeah, uh, Darren Walker, two pounds. Appreciate. Yeah. Any views on Hardy's and Mark Briscoe trio? Um, when I said I wanted Mark Briscoe to get a singles push after the Continental Classic, this isn't what I had in mind. At least he's still on TV, but it's just showing that I've been beaten to kind of having that day. You know, like oh, at least he's on TV. Like, I wanted him to get a couple wins and challenge Joe, and he's doing this yeah. shit instead. Man. Exactly. Brutal. So you know, I never complain about seeing him on my TV, but. Definitely, you know, this is Jeff Hardy's doing work heel tweets on, on Twitter. It's very strange. <laughs> Darren Walker, five pounds, appreciate you. Before 2023, not heard of Stephanie Vakir, uh, but her match with Mercedes also versus Tessa Blanchard in CMLL and recent matches in New Japan. Will she beat Julia? Yes, probably. Yeah, she's very good. Darren Walker, five dollars, no, five pounds. Appreciate it. Jacob Fatu, very good at New Japan Strong. His MLW contract expires next year. Sign a five-year deal in twenty twenty. What do you guys think of him? He really we're, all big, we're all big fans yeah. of Jacob. He's Fatu. awesome. I, he's I he's one he of the make... few people that everyone at WrestleMania agrees on. To be fair. Yeah, I don't know if he can make Japan though, which would be the, the issue there. If he could, it'd be fucking awesome. I think, yeah, I think Noah tried to last year, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, Ryan ninety four one ninety nine. Appreciate Ibu more like I Ibai. I guess that's what they're going for this one. Okay. <laughs> Alright, because we've got two minutes, I'm going to bring this one up because it popped me. Alright, so, TMZ. What? <laughs> Where are we going now? Basically, <laughs> uh, uh, some poor woman over in America, you know, she, she was driving along and she flipped a car. Really bad accident. Mm-hmm. Flipped a car over. And who helped sister? Hulk Hogan. Oh, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, imagine, imagine, imagine flipping your car over and the first person to come up to you is Hulk Hogan. You, you can only he's always in gimmick too. You know. Robert Terry's always he's always ready to go, he's already ready to cut a promo, you know. He's... Oh man. That part, no, I just wanted to bring it up. Um well, I guess I, I think I put this in the tweet. Uh Roman Reigns is not scheduled for Australia, as already reported and he, apparently he's not scheduled for the French show either backlash in Lyon um, his next match is probably going to be Mania although he could do a TV match uh, but after that it's probably Saudi or SummerSlam Beast <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a piece of shit Nah bro you can do it you gotta do it respect He's a beast but he's also a piece of shit I don't know. I think we should reserve that term for some of the other people we've talked about tonight. You know, if he if maybe, he drops the belt one to Cody, segment I... ago, you know, <laughs> if he if he drops the belt to Cody, I take all this back. All right, that's fair. He probably will. But um, speaking of which, Cody's opening WWE Raw in minutes, as as I'm assuming they're playing the intro right about now. So um, 
Yeah, man. Uh, I'm not sure if Roman, you know, any time Sean, Sean mentioned this, any time that he reaches out to WWE to ask about like, what's going on with like Roman being on these bigger shows, always say card subject to change or watch the product and see. Um, so that's what we're about to do. Watch Monday Night Raw. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, as Cody, always. Cody, Hobie oh, Cody no. speaks on his, sorry, I just want to say, Hobie, he's, what Cody's speaking on is his future rather than Martin. We're missing it right now, brother. Um, but even. Ibu and Rob, WWE Raw review. Um, I'm going to try to get this uploaded to our podcast channels as soon as possible. I'll also do the same with the Raw review tomorrow. Um, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Don't go live as well. Uh, like, subscribe. Thanks for all the super chats. Thanks for watching. And uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter and keep an eye out for when we're doing our live streams. And we have a new intro. Peace. <laughs>